God wants us to think bigger. He wants us to think bigger. Um, and, and I'm going to show you that from the Word of God. This is not just for the church, but God's doing some things here. Um, and when he says think bigger, it's not always going to be the way you think. <laughs> you know, I didn't think Zoom, but that's what he's doing. And so he wants us to think bigger, think outside the box, and, and, and listen to whatever it is he's telling us um, for our lives. And so he's telling us, think bigger. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I love the Passion Translation regarding the scripture. It says, where there is no clear prophetic vision, the people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. <laughs> Basically, when God reveals to you what he has for you to do, you get fulfilled. When God reveals to you what he wants you to do and you start setting your hand to it, fulfillment comes to your soul. Fulfillment comes to your spirit. There's nothing like being in the perfect will of God. It doesn't mean it's always easy and perfect. No. You know, there's going to be, there's going to be attacks to the enemy. There's going to be things that try to hinder you uh, more than ever, probably. But there's a fulfillment and a joy that cannot be taken away. Amen. And so, in other words, he says, where there's no vision, the people perish. But where there is vision, where you do follow that prophetic revelation by the spirit of God, you're going to receive fulfillment. Think about it. When somebody doesn't have a reason to wake up in the morning, what do they do? They sleep in, they're lazy, lethargic, don't get themselves put together. Sometimes you go into Walmart and you're like, wow, you came out like that. <laughs> it's just a thing. And I'm sure you've all done it at one point or another. When we were living in Gastonia, I mean, it didn't matter. And you almost like didn't have a reason to get yourself together because nobody else is. But, I mean, it was we were living in the mountains, and it was really, yeah, that was like the most awesome Walmart to ever go to. <laughs> it really was. I'm not kidding. Um, but when you don't have a reason to wake up in the morning, you don't have the motivation to put yourself together, to set your hand to, to anything, when you don't have a, a goal to run towards and, and you don't have your eyes fixed on, on achieving something, you're not going to really accomplish much, are you? You're, you're running a race towards no goal. You're going to slow down. You're going to get distracted. You're going to wander and, and a lot of times kind of lay down and, and give up on what God has for you. And so God wants us to think bigger and he wants us to receive the vision he has for us and he wants us to mark out the goal, mark out the plan that he's speaking to your heart and don't lose sight of it. It's your mission in life. It's, it should be your motivation to do what God's called you to do. Simply stated, God wants you to think bigger and see the vision and plan that he has for you it will bring fulfillment to your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, God declares, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you, we could say, and fulfill you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and to give you a hope. 
God created you with an intention for you to fulfill something for him. And, and, and we're not all called to be a pastor or a prophet or, or a five-fold minister, but we are all called and, and equipped with giftings and abilities and, and personalities that will just put the body of Christ together. One of us is a hand, one of us is a foot, one of us is a mouthpiece, but we're all supposed to be working together to accomplish a vision. But you're all designed with this purpose and a plan. And he said, I knew you, declares the Lord. And my plans for you, I've already known. I've already set them in place. And they're going to they're gonna prosper you. They're going to fulfill you. They're going to give you a future. They're going to give you hope. They're going to give you a reason to wake up in the morning. God does not want us sitting around Warming the bench. I've shared with you my, my season of, of high school um, athletics, and I did a lot of that. I love to be part of a team, but, you know, I apparently wasn't good enough. It wasn't that I wanted to warm the bench. It's not as fun when you're warming the bench being a part of the team because you don't feel like you had a hand in the victory. But when you're involved, whether it's sowing a seed or, or uh, meeting a need like the women of wonder, the serving areas or whatever, when you get to see what God does in the lives of these ladies and you know you had a hand in it, it blesses you. It blesses you because you know you blessed the Lord. Amen? And so God doesn't want us sitting around warming a bench in our Christianity or in our walk with him. Sure, you'll get to heaven. You know? You've confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You believed in your heart, you know, that he died and rose again from the dead. Yeah, you'll get to heaven. But will you really have the fulfillment here on earth that you accomplished and you ran the race and you did what God wanted you to do? You fulfilled the purpose for which you were even here. I don't know about you, but I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, for you have been faithful for the, with the little things that I asked you to do here on earth. Now I'm going to make you ruler over much in this next life. What are you doing with what God gave you here, you know, with the purpose or with the desires that have been in your heart? Have you been letting them collect dust on the shelf? Or are you starting to set your hand to it? Are you starting to seek the Lord as to what do you want me to do with this, Lord? What do you want me to do with this ability? What do you want me to do with this vision? What, you, what do you want me to do with this, this gifting that nobody knows about, you know, whether you're a teacher or you're an encourager, whether you're a greeter or whether you're a great cleaner? You know, whether you're a social worker or whether you're a doctor, we're all here, whether it's something that seems kind of natural, but yet in that natural field, you can be sowing seeds of the kingdom of heaven. I remember I was a abstinence counselor, coordinator for Bethany Christian Services for hmm, two or three years before Clayton and I got married, and... and um, I would go in there, and I know I'm a preacher at heart, and so I would go in there and I'd preach the gospel without using the scripture references to the young people, showing them that an open door gives the enemy a foothold. And then that gives the permission for sexual trans sexually transmitted diseases. But I used the scripture, and I did what I could do to plant seeds of the word of God in their hearts and in their lives. 
What could we be doing with what we're called to do here on earth, with what we are doing here on earth? What seeds could God use? You know, he, if you'll ask him, he'll show you what, why you're there. It's not simply to lay a brick. It's not simply to, to push the shopping carts. It's, it's not simply to, to bag the groceries, Ashton. <laughs> it's, it's not just that. God has you there to stand out as a light. Amen? God has you there to shine your light, to, to show the love of Jesus Christ, to be the, the answer to somebody's problem. Because you've got this treasure in your earthen vessel so that the excellency of the power of God would be revealed wherever you go, he goes. Totally getting off track. God wants you to think bigger about what you do and who you are and what you have on the inside of you to share. He wants you to stop warming the bench. He has a vision and a plan for you that you can step into and your life will be fulfilled. Your life will be fulfilled. Even if you're a stay-at-home mom, I remember, I mean, I've always been involved in ministry, but I remember, um, you know, during the week, if I had small children, pretty much I'm a stay-at-home mom unless they're taking a nap, and then I get to spend time with the Lord. And so, you know, you balance life. We've gotten through all these years, and we're, it's starting to get a little easier. But we got Jude at, at our side every second of our day. But um, now he's in school, so praise the Lord. <laughs> but... I remember how difficult it was, but in those seasons where I'm mom and I'm like walking a mall, if I make myself available to the Holy Spirit, he'll still use me as a mom. And you guys heard the story, I believe, of me getting a 93-year-old man. I was like, Lord, I make myself available to you walking around. I think it was Ashton. He was small and rambunctious. Sorry, Ashton. I mean, he was a wild child. We have, I wish we had some pictures and we were prepared, but he was a wild child, um, just really um, energetic, and, and we have pictures of him eating his birthday cake, and it's just all over his face. And Anyways, to say the least, I really didn't have the time if he was awake, but one afternoon I made myself available to the Holy Spirit, and I just said, I'm going to walk this mall because I wanted some exercise, and he's strapped down into a cart, so this is good. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to, I made, I thought bigger. I'm like, God could use me. I'm a mom. God can use me, you know. And so I'm walking around this mall. I said, Holy Spirit, I make myself available to you. I just, I want to be used by you. I want to shine your light. I, I want to share the gospel. And I just remember I prayed that prayer as I walked in, but then I got distracted by Ashton <laughs> and just being a mom. And I forgot I even prayed the prayer an hour in, and, and I went and um, got an ice cream cone to share with him. Um, it's when Dairy Queen was in the middle of Brookfield Square, so, so I'll show you where that, how long ago that was. But, um, and so I sat down on a bench, and I remember the Holy Spirit reminding me, because as I w sat to feed him this ice cream, I seen this family walk by with this really old man, and the Lord said, him. And I was just like, oh, well, I've got Ashton, and, and I'm feeding him ice cream. <laughs> and is he going to really be quiet? And, and Lord, they have like seven people around them. How am I going to do that? So I said, Lord, just ask you to open up a door if I'm supposed to minister to him. So this is me thinking bigger. Like, I'm just a mom. I'm dealing with the mom thing. But God, when we think bigger, when we take the box top off, 
when we let him use us, he can make a way where there seems to be no way. <laughs> and um, I'm sharing this because some of you know it, some of you are new. So um, anyways, so I pray this prayer. I'm like, hey, Lord, I will. I will share you with him. But Lord, how? He's with his whole family. I, I will. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I kid you not, after I responded to the Lord in my heart, within two minutes, they had taken a lap around the mall, then they sat Grandpa next to me on the bench. They said, Grandpa, we'll be back in 30 minutes. Because he couldn't stroll around with them like they wanted to. And um, I was like, oh, my goodness. Now I'm really in a place, you know. I have to do this. And I kid you not, I, I can't wait to go to heaven because um, I believe God's going to show us all the times that we were used by God and what was all involved. But I really know there was an angel there entertaining Ashton because he was quiet for a good half an hour. I don't want to cry. Well, I shared my life and the goodness and love of God with this old man. 93 years old, God probably chose the oldest man in Brookfield Square the closest to heaven or hell. And he accepted Jesus Christ that day on that bench. This is the sad part. 93 years had come and gone, and I, he truly, truly lived a great life. He had never smoked. He had never drank. He had never cheated on his wife. I mean, he was a perfect person as far as I could hear. Perfect. But that's not what's going to get you into heaven. Nobody, this is in the U.S., had ever told him about the love of Jesus and him dying on the cross for him. Nobody. That was the first time he had ever heard that Jesus was the only way to get into heaven. That day, I thought bigger. God thought bigger. And because I made myself available, he used me. Now, that's me as a mom. That's not me, Jenny, the preacher. That's me, mom, with wild child, Ashton. If God can... <laughs> He's back there shaking his head. Oh, man. If God can use that scenario, he can use anybody. I don't care if you're a bricklayer. I don't care if you're a teacher, if you're a social worker, you're a doctor, you're a realtor. God can use you. Amen? Why? How do I know that? Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. And with Jeremiah, he says, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Well, Jeremiah is hearing this for the first time. He's a young guy. He's probably a teenager, a young teenager at that. And, and his mindset is small. He's not thinking big at this point in his life. But God, when he reveals to you his plan and his purpose for you, it's always going to be a whole lot bigger than your mind can comprehend because he knows how big he is in and through you. It's not about how small you feel. God just gave Linda a word. He's like, you're big. <laughs> She's like, yeah, small in stature, but big on the inside. Her flame is big. And that's how Jeremiah felt. He felt small. Lord, I'm just 14 years old. What in the world? You know, prophet to the nations. Are you kidding me? God's like, think bigger. Because before I formed you in your mother's womb, I know what I placed on the inside of you. And this is who you are. And this is what you will do. Some of us haven't yet 
no matter what age we are, if we haven't spent time with God seeking him and what his plan and his will is for our lives, we have yet to find out the vision or the plan or the purpose for which we're here. And it is vital that you find out so you have fulfillment in your life in doing what he's called you to do. Like, it's not all prophet, pastor, like I said, but it could be mother. Maybe you're right smack dab in the middle of the will of God. It could be mother, but are you sharing the love of Jesus with your children or are you scolding them every single day of what they're doing wrong? You know, like, what has he called you to do and are you doing it to the fullest of his ability through you? What God is saying is he's the creator and he created you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. You were a spirit in heaven and he knows what he put in the ability and the gifts and the callings he put on the inside of you. He knows what you're capable of. If you'll just yield to him. If you'll just let him work in and through you. For the glory of God. We're all supposed to be giving God glory. Romans 11.29 says, For the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance or are irrevocable. In other words, he put those gifts in you way back before you were formed in your mother's womb. He's not going to take them away. So whether you've been using them or not for his glory, is, it doesn't really, I mean, it matters, but I'm just saying it, they haven't gone away because it's just how he created you. So, at any point, like really today, fanning the flame of God is awakening those gifts and callings. Stirring up the gifts of God, the word of God says, through the laying on of hands. Fanning the flame of God. That God placed already, it's not a new deposit, it's something that's already there that's being awakened. That he placed on the inside of you. So, it's there ready to be pulled up. It's there ready to be activated. And I believe that's what God was doing today. He's starting to deposit, and he always watches over his word to perform it, so I know that's what he's doing. He is starting to stir up those gifts to where you have this desire to do something for the Lord or to work and, and work and share something that you have on the inside of you so that you'll be fulfilled and so that you'll bring him glory. Amen. We need to think bigger. If you don't think bigger, you'll never grow bigger in your calling. If you don't take the limits off God to who I am, like Jeremiah was like, I'm just this small boy. I'm just this, this inadequate person. I'm just, you know, this shy person. I'm just whatever. You're putting a box top on God and you're limiting him. He says, think bigger. For I placed this gift and this calling on the inside of you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. You've got it. You've got what it takes to do what I'm calling you to do. And in fact, I give you the desires of your heart. And the reason I do that is I'm the one who placed the desire there. So of course he's going to give you the desires of your heart. You know, we ask kids in a young age, and, and it's fine. Maybe some of them know. <laughs> But a lot of times what you say when you're five years old, what you want to be when you grow up, is not what you're going to be. Because you're not yet hearing the voice of God to hear what his plan and his purpose is for your life. And you, there's people, um, young people in college, they'll switch their major like five, six times. I know people like that. 
And the reason they do that is they're trying to find fulfillment or they're finding their place or they're finding their purpose. And what they really need to do is take a weekend, spend time with God and hear what God's saying so he can reveal to them what he placed on the inside of them because they're only going to be fulfilled doing the thing that they've been called to do and equipped to do. Hallelujah. You'll never grow bigger if you don't think bigger. Habakkuk 2.2, the Lord says, so once the Lord, once you spend time with the Lord, once he starts revealing to you what you have, maybe it's something he revealed to you when you were a teenager. A lot of times he does when you're around a teenager and you're seeking God. What do I have? What do you have for me? That's when the Lord spoke to me. I was 17. I knew I was called into ministry, but he literally told me by the voice of his spirit what I was called to do. And then he says in Habakkuk 2.2, write the vision. He said, and the Lord answered me, write the vision. Make it plain upon tablets or journals or, or signs, you know. Write the vision and make it plain upon tablets so that he that reads it may run with it. So when God, when you seek the Lord, you're going to find him. You're going to re- he's going to reveal to you what he has for you to do. Or maybe you're seeking the Lord, what, what can I do in the body, in the church what, what am I supposed to be doing for you, Lord, in my life on a daily basis? How am I supposed to be shining my light? Ask him. When he reveals it to you, write it down. Why? So you don't forget it. So you keep it before your eyes as a goal, something to wake up for in the morning, something to head towards. Amen? Write the vision and make it plain so that all who read it may run with it. So if you have a vision or a goal, you clearly mark it down before you and you have a determination then to head towards something, to get up for something, to do something for the Lord's glory. It feels good to know that God's saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It feels good to know that he has plans for you that you couldn't accomplish on your own. Do you know that almost every, probably every, vision or plan that God gives you is never going to be able to be accomplished by you? Because we're co-workers together with God. It's through his power of his spirit, like Zechariah 4, 6 says. It's not by my might or power, but by your spirit. Do you know Paul had a vision and a goal? He had to. How can you go through shipwrecked, mobbed, left for dead, imprisoned, in perils of this and that, yet still be running the race? How can you do that? You have this major goal and you're so determined that you're going to reach that goal. Paul had something to wake up for in the morning and that was the plan that God had laid before him. How did he hear that plan? He spent time with him. He waited on the Lord. He worshiped the Lord and listened when God started speaking to him. He wrote it down. He wrote half of this New Testament, a lot of this word. Why? How did he do that? He heard God's voice, wrote it down, made it plain upon tablets. He did what God told him to do. And in Philippians um, 3.14, he says, I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In other words, my goal in life is not to be distracted by this thing or that thing, even though I'm shipwrecked, mobbed, left for dead. It doesn't move me. My goal 
is to think bigger beyond these circumstances. My goal is to accomplish what God has put in my heart, and that is to reach the nations. And that is to preach the gospel to every living thing. That was Paul's goal because God spoke it to him. So we can try, like a college student, in our own efforts or as, as a young child, in our own efforts to say, I want to be this when I grow up. And some of, some of them might be speaking prophetically because maybe God placed it, you know, and he did before they were formed, but maybe he placed it in their mouth and they're speaking it out ahead of time, you know. I want to be this or I want to be that. But we got to realize many are the plans of a man's heart, Proverbs 19.21 says, but it's the Lord's purpose that's going to prevail. It's, it's his purpose, his plan, his giftings that are going to bring fulfillment in our lives. You might be sitting there wondering, well, what, what am I really called to do? I, I don't know if I've even stepped into it. I'm sure that you know, but you don't realize it was God. But if you'll just spend time with the Lord, he'll start revealing to you what you've been doing for the Lord already, but you can do it with a greater unction to function if you'll realize that was the whole plan. Or some of you want more clarity, then you need to seek the Lord specifically. Lord, what do you want me to be doing? Or how do you want me to be using these giftings for your glory? How can I use them for your glory? When we realize that we should be doing something for God's glory, we should be thinking bigger. We can become the mom in the, in the, the mall who shares the gospel. We can become the, the social worker like Clayton who ministers to schizophrenics on a daily basis. We can become the teacher who is there in the time of need for, for, to intervene in, in horrible situations in a home life. Whatever it might be, you become a light wherever you go. Because you're thinking bigger. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a social worker. You're not just a cleaner. You're not just a, a grocery store worker. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill which cannot be hid if you'll think bigger. If you'll let his light shine through you. If you'll start realizing that he called you to be that father or that mother to the glory of God. Are you doing it for his glory? I remember 15 or so years back, like I shared before, God gave me a vision of, of preaching to the nations and preaching to thousands. And... Um, I remember that day because I was in the middle of an argument with Clayton and I was crying and on my way to my parents to tattle. Yes. We were young, married. We were young and married. And, um, you know, back then you needed some help getting through those hard parts. And, and so I'm like crying, upset, and I'm going to go tell. And all of a sudden, totally, and I'm praying, you know, Lord, you know, and all of a sudden, God gives me a vision that has nothing to do with it. And it's me on a stage preaching to thousands of people getting saved and healed. I'm like, why are you showing me this? I'm in an argument and I'm blah, blah, blah. 
and he, what he was doing was getting me off, like Paul had many things to be distracted with, getting me off the sidetracked attacks of the enemy and getting my eyes set on the goal, the vision marked out before me. Without this vision, I would perish with this distraction, that distraction. But with a goal set before me, with a plan that God had for me, it keeps me motivated and running and targeted to what God has assigned me to do. So then I don't say, you know, I don't let this thing and that thing move me. I can be like Paul and say, none of these things move me because I'm pressed towards the mark of the high calling of the Christ, of Christ Jesus. He's my purpose. He has laid out the plan and purpose for my life. Amen. And I'm really excited that the Lord showed me just the other day that that's fulfilled. And I'm like, how? And he said, you've been preaching to thousands on Zoom. Right. He thinks bigger <laughs> and different than we could ever even have imagined. You know, it was so, and I'm not to say that I'm not going to travel the nations, but as a mother of young children, and the Lord started telling me more about this vision, I was like very putting on the brakes because I had this young family. I don't want to leave my kids. I don't want to, you know, whatever. And it's so much like Isaac and Abraham. He didn't want to give up Isaac. That was the promise. But the Lord's asking him to lay down Isaac. It was the willingness. And God doesn't end up taking Isaac. And he blesses him with, with a multitude of children right? And it goes on and on and on throughout all generations. But he had to be willing to lay that down in order to think bigger and step into the fullness of what God had for him. And so God, when I was young in um, ministry and I had this young family, the Lord's asking me and showing me about this vision. And I was like, what about my family? I, I don't want to travel without them. Like, because I knew that it would take sacrifice. I'm like, I wasn't, I was put on the brakes. But until recently, I literally, I literally laid down anything. Even if it meant that. Lord, you're gonna take care of him because he showed me you took care of Isaac. So Lord, whatever the cost, I'm I'm laying down all costs. I'm laying down my life. It's yours. And that's the day I had that vision of Jesus laying down into me. I knew I made a heart sacrifice. But little did I know that that sacrifice is what opened the door to preach to thousands. I didn't even have to leave them, not to say I won't in the future, but I'm just saying I didn't even have to leave them to do what God was calling me to do. But until I laid down my life, I didn't find that plan and that purpose that he had for me. Isn't that amazing? He's so amazing, so amazing. And that kind of brings me to, well, first of all, Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have this treasure in your earthen vessel so that the power, the excellency of God might be revealed. But if you're keeping it for yourself, if you're not willing to lay down your life, they're not going to see Christ through you. But Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, he says this, for my, this is really totally God. For my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. You don't understand where I'm going with this, he says. For my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. 
Like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do it in a way that you can handle. <laughs> I'm going to give you grace that's sufficient for you. Strength that's made perfect in your weakness. If you think you can't, it's okay because I can as long as you yield to me. I couldn't minister the gospel with a wild two-year-old in a stroller. But if I'm willing to lay down my life, he'll make a way. He'll send an angel. He'll do whatever. He could have taken a nap, but that wasn't the case. He was just sitting there quietly, which is impossible. He'll make a way. Amen. For my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. They're higher than your ways. My thoughts, they're bigger than your thoughts. In other words, my plan is huge, and it's big for you. My plan and who you can touch is a lot bigger than what you think. The ability you have on the inside of you is so much greater than you could imagine. You're not letting me live in and through you if you're limiting me. Think bigger. Let me be bigger in and through you. Take the limit off. God does not ever think small. As I was meditating on this, I'm like, man, you're right, Lord. Like, if this is the fulfillment, the start of the fulfillment of that vision, it's totally different than I could have imagined. I can do this. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. I can, you know, do it this way. Um, I'll be obedient to whatever he wants. But this is what he did. And I'm just amazed. God doesn't ever think small. His promise to you is always going to be bigger than you. And that's kind of how you know it's God. You're going to need him. You're going to have to depend on him and his grace and his strength to see you through. So Abraham wasn't promised just a son, even though that was pretty big, right? Because considering the circumstances of being old and his wife being old and it being impossible anyways with man, that wasn't big enough for God because somehow, some way, naturally speaking, maybe it could have been possible. That wasn't big enough for God. So he goes in Genesis 15, 5, he says, he says he takes Abraham outside and he says, look up at the sky Count the stars, if indeed you can count them. He says to him, so shall your offspring be. God, when he reveals a plan, it's going to be big. My mind was thinking small, like I'm in an argument, the world's at an end. Life is over as I know it. <laughs> That's how small-minded we can be. But God's like, look at this. Look at the stars. Look what I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a future and a hope to do and be fulfilled in doing what I have called you to do as a prophet to the nations. What is he calling you to do? Have you, has he shown you something that you've been like, no, there's no way, I couldn't do that because of da-da-da-da-da? Forget that. God can and he will if you'll lay down your life. If you'll lay down your life. If you'll surrender to whatever his plan and purpose. It's the only one that's going to prevail. It's the only one that's going to bring fulfillment. And even if you've waited and you're 60 years old, 70 years old, 
those gifts and callings are without repentance. In other words, he created that in you a long time ago before you were formed, and it's still there. Fan the flame of God. Start doing it so you have fulfillment, so you bring him glory in this life. Amen? God wants you to think in line with him and dream big. Allow him to show you what he has in store and write it down. Meditate on it. Set your hand to whatever he tells you to do. He's just reminding me right now as I read that, script, or that little quote. I had a dream. That I've had several, several, several spiritual dreams lately. And uh, I'm just trying to think. which. I know right now he wants me to share this one. And it, it just blew me away. It was so exciting. Because, you know, when you're, you have a God dream, it seems so real. And it is. But, oh, wow. Anyways, you're in it. You know, it's supernatural. And I had this dream, and Clayton and I went over to a, a friend of, he has so many, like, random friends out there in this world that I don't even know. Anyways, a friend um, and, and this friend's parents' house in this dream. And in this dream, it's not somebody we really know, but God's just showing me something here. Um, in this dream, this man, this father of his friend, um, has had a major accident and his whole side of his head is bashed in, like sunken in, and the side of his his um, abdominal cavity is sunken in due to an accident. And for some reason, specifically, um, it, I knew why. It was a sledgehammer. He was in some kind of accident where someone was hitting him and a sledgehammer hit him and just destroyed his insides like that, but he's still living and functioning. But we were there just to be friends and have dinner and we were praying for the, the meal and all of a sudden Clayton goes, Jenny! And we look and as we're praying for the meal, Clayton gets out his phone to record and this man's head starts to reinflate and his side starts to reinflate. And this miracle is happening before our eyes with, with us just being present and we get it on video. We are just amazed. We talk to this man, would you be willing to share your testimony? Blah, blah, blah. Can we show your video? You know, we got it on video. Yeah, and then we, for some reason that same day we went to another house, and I don't remember, because I, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning and I went in the bathroom and recorded this. I don't remember what the second miracle was, but it was equally as miraculous. And that day I was like, oh, and, um, and then this third part was, was, you know, hit home for me, but um, in this dream my dad was still here with us, but he was dealing with all the stuff he was dealing with, and, but these two miracles had just happened. And in this dream, I'm like, today's the day. Like, miracles are happening. And it wasn't our own effort. It was just happening. And so these two things happened. So I went to this next thing, and I went to meet my dad. And, and I was like, Dad, today's the day, you know. And I'm sharing it with him. And I hug him. And I remember specifically taking off my coat. Like, I'm ready to work miracles. <laughs> took off my coat and I, to give him a hug and, and he's like okay lay hands on my legs first and then we're going to do that you know and in this dream he couldn't walk and, and at the end um, of him being here on earth he had could not walk I'll just leave it at that and he's like first lay hands here so I can walk and um, so in this dream I lay hands on him and instantly he starts walking <laughs> and God works this massive miracle. And then um, 
my brother knowingly, um, me and my mom were pulling up at the house or wherever we were going, and my brother knowingly, he couldn't walk, so he was there to meet us and get him into the wheelchair and bring him wherever. But my dad whips open the door, and he starts walking, and he starts running. And I wake up, and I was like, what was that? And the Lord said, these are the kinds of miracles I'm going to be doing in these last days. Why? And the Lord just told me to share that. Why? He wants us to think bigger. He wants us to stop limiting him. Not that it's not important to you to have your broken toe healed or have the pain in your back to go because I've had those things and you need them healed because it's a sore. It's a thorn in your flesh and it's annoying and it distracts you, okay? But God wants us to think even bigger. Stop skipping over the ones you think is impossible because with God, all things are possible. Amen. And he wants us to hear what he's saying like that dream and write it down and meditate on it. He wants us to, to see what he's showing us and meditate on it and think bigger and allow him to move in more supernatural ways in our lives. This is so great. Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, he says, I'm going to read two versions here, but um, the sum of this version is, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. You could use that so many ways, and I'll get to it in a second. Um, in, in New Living, it's... Um, Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy the nations and resettle the ruined cities. What is God saying? Think bigger, broaden your horizons. Focus on the goal that he has set before you, which is way bigger. God's doing something supernatural here. He wants us to think bigger beyond the four walls of this church, which God's already spoken about this church. I have no worries or concerns about what God's going to do here locally. But what God's saying is even think bigger beyond this. Broaden your tent poles. Stretch out the stakes to go further. Because I'm doing something here. I'm giving you a vision here to reach nations, to reach other lands, to reach other people. That I'm talking about the church locally, but I'm also talking about you. Make your tent poles go further. Stretch out those stakes so that your vision is expanded of what God could use you to do. And as he starts revealing to you that plan or purpose, write it down and let that be the reason you wake up in the morning. And run towards it and don't let anything hinder you. Paul says, throw off every single thing that seems to hinder you. If that's a thought, if that's a deed, if that's an attack of the enemy, if that's a person, you know, putting you down, whatever it is, throw off every hindrance that seems to hinder you and press on. 
This is the reason we're here, to fulfill God's plan. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm supposed to announce this. And this is really awesome because I didn't know I was teaching this. And this just took place and kind of got solidified this week. But we're going to be starting an extension of, well, it's already with Revival on the Move Pakistan. It's been going on for about a month or so. So that's already an extension of us spreading our tent poles that way. But we're also going to be having a Passion Church, um, Hayward, Wisconsin. Amen. Um, yeah, they, so I have family there, and I've been preaching for, and that's our tribe over there in Hayward, Wisconsin, if you didn't know, Native American. Um, but we've been preaching on the reservation there for many, many years. My dad did, and then for like the last six or so years, I go every summer. But um, God wants us to broaden, well, he's already showing us, but, but I didn't even know I was preaching on this, and he's like, think bigger. I can do things through you that you couldn't accomplish on your own. I didn't think I could go preach into Pakistan this year, but God knew there was a way. And so they asked us, they want to come under us, they want to start a Passion Church Hayward, and, and they're probably watching because they're doing it already. But um, God wants us to broaden who we're influencing, who we're touching. And um, it's not just subject to this building. Things are different nowadays <laughs> with, with media and, and with technology. And so um, I got the go-ahead by the Holy Spirit to say yes this week. And even though we've been praying about it since um, the summer. But they're going to be doing, joining us virtually so we can say, hey, Passion Church Hayward. <laughs> um, and Pakistan, they're watching us, amen, even though they have time differences. So right now, they're 8 p.m. having service when they watch us at 10 a.m. But God's doing something supernatural, and we are going to see the fulfillment of everything that God spoke. Because of the last week, what we talked about, his promises are yes and amen. So when we take the limits off God, he is able to expand the horizons, he is able to expand, you know, we broaden and we, and we move the tent poles out and, and we let him live big in and through us. He's limited to, to our mindset. And so if we just think bigger, he's able to move bigger. Amen. I hope you get a hold of that. God wants the vision he has for you to be fulfilled in your life. And we have to take the limits off God. We have to think bigger because he's a big God just like Abraham, he took him out to help him think bigger. I'm not just trying to give you one child. Do you understand? If you can, look at the stars and count them. You can't. That's how big I am. That's how many children and descendants you're going to have. And the, the list goes on and on and on of what he does in the word of God that's bigger than what a human could do. Remember, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's given him glory because it's not you at all. It's Christ in you. So when we lay down our life like I did that day with my preconceived ideas and my restrictions of, of I don't want to leave my family, when you lay down your life, Christ lives in and through you. And he can shine his light whatever way he sees fit. Amen. 
I believe and I have no doubt whatsoever God wants to use you. God wants to move in and through you in supernatural ways. God wants to fill the seats of this church. And how is that going to be done? It's going to be done because you're going to have divine appointments because you're thinking bigger. You're thinking beyond you and your, your everyday life. Every day you're yielding to the Holy Spirit saying, I lay down my life, Lord. I want you to live through me. And then supernatural stuff happens like the man in the mall. To where it was so easy. Nerves couldn't even have restricted me. Because it was so easy. God laid it out so plain and simple for me that I was like, I can't miss this one. <laughs> There's so much of that. And I have so many more stories, but that's just so simple. How God will use a mother. God will use a, a, a father, a social worker, a grocery store worker, whatever. How do you think that they're going to get saved if we don't shine the light? We run into people every single day and say hi every single day. How are they going to know without a preacher? Do you realize you're a preacher? Might not be in a pulpit to, to you know, hundreds of people, but... It's every day you have a platform to share the love of Jesus Christ. Whether that's to your family, to the grocery store people, to people on your job. Think bigger. Think that God could use you. Think that you could be an impact to turn that person's life around. God will fill these seats in no time. If every single person touches one heart, it's double instantly. But think about their whole family how they're impacted once that person gets saved. Really. So we should just say, Lord, remove the hindrances in our lives. Lord, we just lay down our lives, our restrictions, our, our small mindsets, Lord. Father, give us vision. Show us, reveal to us, Lord, we pray your plan and your purpose for our lives so that we can run with vision towards a goal, towards a, a place marked out for us, Lord. Reveal to us, Holy Spirit, the plan that God has for us, plans to give us a future and a hope. Show us on a daily basis, Lord, who we can reach with the gospel. Reveal to us, Lord, what gifts you put on the inside of us before we were formed in our mother's womb so that we can begin setting our hand to whatever you show us to do. Forgive us, Lord, for any time we stood in the way thinking that was too big or we couldn't do it or we were too shy or this or that. Father, forgive us for getting in the way. We just lay down those, those thoughts, those small mindsets, Lord. We stand aside and we just... Invite you, Jesus, to live big in and through us. Hallelujah. Just pray that. Let that be a prayer of your heart every day. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.